Hello, I'm Nikki Patrick and welcome to It's Somewhere in the Bottom of My Handbag. Today we're rummaging for three top tips on work-life balance. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So many people, including myself, have struggled with this. So wouldn't it be great if there was a formula we could follow that already works, that has been created by an incredibly busy lady? Check this out. I still can't believe how many children she's got. Today we're talking about work-life balance and the irony is not lost on me that my very special guest today is a mother of 10, an author, a podcaster, a speaker, an entrepreneur and a boardroom and top team fixer. Mother of 10, an author, a podcaster, a speaker, an entrepreneur and a boardroom and top team fixer. I am delighted to introduce Danusha Melina Durban. How do you do all of that? Oh, Nikki, that's that's one of those terrible kind of, you know, intros that I can't even follow myself, (laughs) can I? (laughs) Well, if anyone can work out a work-life balance... It is you, Danusha. So I can't wait to hear your top tips. But I mean, a mother of 10, that's extraordinary. Did you plan that? Oh, um, I, I'm not sure anybody plans 10 children in the sense of being 15 or 12 thinking, I think I'll have a whole brood. Mind you, I did used to watch the Waltons when, when they were, um, you know, my mother used to like the Waltons. So she used to force me to watch them. I didn't plan triplets, which is my <laughs> last baby. Wow. <laughs> It went from seven to ten overnight, so there you go. (laughs) Well, that is pretty impressive. And obviously, you've always worked. Yes, yeah, I have. I had five years at home as a stay-at-home mum for uh, the first few. And and then when I had my fourth son, I I started working. And, and, you know, that that was wonderful. So I can imagine juggling work. And I mean, do you do ten podcasts a month, is it? I do ten episodes a month, yes. Wow. Quite a, quite a production, actually. Yeah, because I have two podcasts. And, and actually, my little eight-year-old has an award-winning podcast of her own. So we, we produce that one, too. So oh, I, how I, sweet. <laughs> yeah. So, but she's the host. It's not, I'm not anything to do with it other than, you know, I obviously help, help her with the ideas. And, uh, but she is hers. Well, I'm completely in awe of everything that you do. So, right, we need your top tips. How do we get a good work-life balance? Okay, number one, the very first step is to work out your version of work-life balance. And it sounds so simple, but it's obvious. I think we get really wrapped up in, in what other people are doing. And it's a perfect moment. This, I mean, there's not too many of us saying this pandemic is a perfect moment because, of course, it's not. But, you know, we've had the opportunity, many of us, not all, but so many of us to strip away you know, the kind of extraneous stuff stuff and think what's important to us. So the questions I I would suggest that listeners consider is what feeds my energy? Like what feeds your energy? What depletes you? And it's not also what, it's also who. But in a way what I'm what I'm suggesting is what I call a forensic life audit. So it's not something that you should put aside or think, oh, my goodness, I'm going to have to find six hours to sit there and audit my life. Who, what, you know, depletes me, feeds me. No, 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 no. You're going to have to do this over several days. It might take you a couple of weeks. It's actually important to do it. I mean, if you can find some time, great. But most of us can't. Of course, you can't. So those kinds of questions about 
what's my version? Forget everybody else. Comparison has a really good role in our lives. It's a positive thing. It tells us what we're yearning for, but we have to look at the negative kind of, you know, the FOMO aspect of the kind of fear of missing out of things that other people have. So don't worry what other people have if it's making you feel bad. But do notice if you yearn for something and, and like, oh, is that because I truly want it? What have I already got in my life and is it feeding me? So that's number one. Number two, I cannot tell you, Nikki, how important this one is. Get your house in order. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, again, this pandemic has shown that, sadly, women disproportionately are caring for the kids, the home, marriages, partnerships, and our careers. So it's time to get more equality in our homes. It's in our best interest to get equity in how our chores, shopping, children, everything to do with the domestics are distributed. Now, that's easy to say, like, just get that equal. And for those who are thinking, I don't want it equal, cool. You have it sorted. You have your work-life balance in that area sorted. But I cannot tell you how many thousands of women in the UK and, and abroad are actually pretty frustrated about the kind of well, they have the highlight that this last year has shown, the kind of big beacon of light that has shown that we are disproportionately carrying. And, and that actually means that, that we don't have the time and the energy to really focus on ourselves or our careers. Now, how do you do that? Well, it's not a case of having kind of come to Jesus conversations of we need to talk. Nobody is ever going to come to that. And so I'm not talking just about partners or husbands or wives. I'm talking about kids. Our children need to be enrolled in this endeavor. So it might be that we have two, two ways of doing it that I suggest. One is going out and walk, talking while we walk side by side, as opposed to sitting, eyeballing somebody about what they're not doing or what you wish for. So broaching the subject in a gentle, soft way, it's like, you know, I would really like to make some changes. I'd like us all to work as a team, kind of approaching it as a team effort rather than mummy is getting cross. And if it's not done, then I'm going to lose my rag, that kind of thing. That's never going to go down well. So a really soft start and engaging those who we love in this, this kind of new way of doing things. Easy does it, small step, try something out. And there are people that will say no, okay? So you'll know your family situation. But the fact is, if you're to get any equity in the house, these conversations need to be had. The second thing is emails. You'd be surprised how many people actually can negotiate things, whether that's what you want to eat, even having a, you know, romantic life, date night, intimate life, including this redistribution of the domestic over an email thread. That could be age appropriate, could be the teenagers who don't really want to talk to you too much, or it could be with your partner. And that's really important. It could be that maybe you've got lodges in the house, for instance, or you've got an extended family that you don't really want to bring this in the actual domestic sphere. Emails work a treat. They really do. The third thing. Well, this is a huge one. Again, ditching guilt. It's a really significant move towards work-life balance. And 
the main reason is that guilt takes, I've done a lot of research on this, guilt takes energy and time, and that drains our focus, and it drains us. And in our life audit, if you go back to the first point, I want, I always encourage people to think about our guilt pain points. Now, of course, like the domestic, if your guilt is working for you, well, hey-ho, you've already got this, yeah? But it is unusual for our guilt to be working for us. So what are your guilt points? And you'll probably have come up against them, kind of nudged up against them in your life audit because they will be the things that you're feeling uncomfortable about. You're feeling guilty maybe about, I don't know, I was talking to somebody the other day about, you know, she was saying she doesn't spend enough time playing with her kids. And that's because her version of work-life balance includes playing board games. That's what she was actually meaning. It's like, they're not small children. She wants to not have them on screens and she wants them to be playing on board games like Monopoly and Scrabble and card games. So for her, she was feeling guilty because one of her life audit pieces is about games. And so when you do that life audit, you will see, you know, the kind of source of your guilt. Erica Young said something really great, which (laughs) I'm not sure that she's entirely right about, but I love this. Show me a woman who doesn't feel guilty and I'll show you a man. Now, there's a lot of research about the fact that men don't necessarily feel guilty, but they do feel shameful. Actually, Erica was on my podcast and we didn't talk about guilt, but she she's a really big voice from the 70s. And I mean, I, I don't know how old she is now. You, know, you can probably work it out. She's a significant feminist voice. And so I would say that there is this narrative that women have guilt. And in my research on guilt, there are women that are guilty about not feeling guilty. I mean, how funny is that? So practically, ask yourself this question. In what ways am I keeping my guilt fast? Like, how am I feeding my guilt? What are the actions that I'm doing consistently in my life to feed this guilt in myself? Am I feeding it or am I taking action to kind of unpack my guilt and make it skinny? Now, it's a funny analogy, but I, first of all, it's do I feel guilty? Well, in my life, truth is, I don't have a lot of guilt because I worked out a while ago that it wasn't actually sustaining me and it wasn't infusing my life with anything positive. But that's because I did my life audit. And I do that on a very regular basis. And I look at the relationships I have, the activities, the things that I'm doing on a habitual basis. Are they feeding me? One of those is, am I getting guilty about anything? And if I am, well, I need to do something about that. Because in my life, Nikki, it's never good, never good. I don't have any positive skills. Uh, I'm yet to meet, well, I'm yet to meet women that actually say, yay, it's fantastic for me. It tends not to be. So those are my three top tips for getting more work-life balance in your life. You know these things, don't you, Denisha? Thank you. Thank you so much. Ditching the guilt's a brilliant one, isn't it? I mean, it's just such a waste of time. We haven't got time to do that. We want to have a better work-life balance. Now, how can we find you? Well, you can look for me on denishmelinadurban.com. That's a mouthful. And um, also schoolformothers.com. Find me over in Instagram at schoolformotherspodcast. Yeah, it's an unusual name. You'll find me. Come Come and link on LinkedIn as well brilliant thank you so much Denisha and you just sound so calm so we all want a better work-life balance thank you